Well, good morning, Westview. Ah, so good to see all your lovely faces. Welcome to week four of Wonder, a series in which we look at the advent of Jesus with the wonder of a child. I am one of the pastors here. My name is Wayne Hobson, and for those of you joining us online, we welcome you as well. And if you are visiting with us for the first time, we would love to connect with you. And if you would take a moment to fill out this connect card, we promise we will not send you a lot of spam mail or phone calls or text messages. We just want to connect with you to let you know how blessed we are by your presence. Amen. Amen. Right. And looking at this series, Wonder, we're coming out of the Gospel of Luke. Because that Gospel gives us more insight into the birth of Jesus. And in the past several weeks, we've looked at the song of Mary and Elizabeth, and this morning we are going to look at the song of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And just keep your fingers on chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 63 through 75, and then we're going to also include verses 76 through 79 just a little later. But how many of you love games? Oh, come on, I can't hear you. How many of you love games? Okay. We're going to play a game this morning. It's called Name That Person. And I'm going to give you a few hints, and you see if you can guess who that person is. First hint. He was born right here in the Midwest. Second hint. He was born blind. Third hint, he is a singer. Oh, well, let's see. Anybody else have any other guesses? Ah, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we give them a musical hint? Someday at Christmas, there'll be no war. When we have learned what Christmas is for, when we have found what life's really worth, there'll be peace on earth. Ah, how many of you said Ray Charles? Come on, how many of you said Ray Charles? Eh. Let's take a look at a picture of who it was. Stevie Wonder, exactly. And think about it, the series is called Wonder. Wouldn't it make perfect sense to use Stevie? 
Yes, I'm glad you caught that. Now, but there's another reason why I included Stevie Wonder at the beginning of this message. It's because Stevie was a miraculous birth. He was born six weeks early. And because of that, he was born with retinopathy. And retinopathy is where the nerves in the retina become twisted and leads to blindness. And that's what happened to Stevie because it wasn't caught soon enough. So not only was he a miracle child, his entire life has been filled with miracles, the greatest of which is the music inside of him that he releases so that all of us can enjoy. He is proof that there is a God. Yeah. But there are other miracles that we can focus on as well because this morning when we talk about Zechariah all around Zechariah were miracles but you may not have paid attention to them one of the miracles for Zechariah was that he was born in the line of Aaron and Moses from the tribe of Levi. And all of the descendants, the male descendants of Aaron were priests. That was the requirement to be a priest in Israel. You had to be a direct descendant from Aaron. But maybe Zechariah missed that miracle. Another miracle that Zechariah may have missed is that in that priestly order, there were 24 divisions because there were so many. And there were about 850 or so priests in each of those 24 divisions, which meant that there were no less than 20 thousand priests. And maybe Zechariah missed the miracle that in this particular year that Luke records, he was chosen to light the incense. Think about the fact that out of 20,000, he was chosen for that year. Most priests never got the honor of serving in the temple, but he did. The Bible tells us that the lot fell on him for that year. And in that choosing process, when his name was selected, he made the journey to the temple. And one of the miracles 
that he may not have really thought about was the fact that he was going to serve for a week in the temple in the court known as the court of priests. That meant you were in the vicinity of the Holy of Holies. And many priests would never get this honor, but when Zechariah got it, he had to be overjoyed. And the offering that was made would be made in the morning and in the evening, and then along with that sacrifice was the lighting of the incense. And Zechariah was supposed to, after lighting the incense, let the people know that the incense had been lit so that they could enjoy and rejoice in the presence of God. But there was a bigger miracle that Zechariah didn't pay as much attention to as he should have. You see, Gabriel the angel came to him in the midst of him serving in the temple that week and delivered to him the greatest news he ever could have imagined, that he and his wife Elizabeth were going to have a child. Zechariah bailed. No, he didn't fail in being pious and religious because scripture tells us that he was, along with his wife Elizabeth. He didn't fail to do his duty and to do it well. That's not where he failed. He did not fail in his responsibility to serve God. Where he failed was in his responsibility to believe the God that he was serving. I wonder if any of us know what that feels like. You see, it's wonderful to come to church on Sunday mornings. It's wonderful to come to life groups, to come to youth group, to come to the children's ministry and to serve. It's wonderful to be a part of anything that you are asked to be a volunteer for. But do you believe? Do you believe when God sets you out to do something different? Maybe even something extraordinary. Do you believe that he is able to do it simply because he is God and you are not? That's where Zechariah failed. Because when the angel tells him that he would have a son, he and his wife, he says, that can't be. How could that be? I'm old and my wife is beyond childbearing years. And so Gabriel lets him know that because you did not believe 
that God sent me and told me to tell you this. Because you did not believe the message, you will be silent until after this child is born. Now, maybe that doesn't sound so disastrous to you, but I can assure you it was extremely disastrous to Zechariah because the final duty he was supposed to perform after lighting the incense was to come out from the court of priests to a railing. And across that railing was another court, the court of the Israelites, where the people had gathered and waited for him to give them their ironic blessing. Their ironic blessing, you know, you know it, you've heard it. It's found in Numbers chapter 6, verses 23 to 27, where it says, May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine down upon you and give you peace. That was the blessing that the people had waited for. And he was delayed in bringing that message. And when he finally got to the railing, he could say nothing. The moment was gone. The most important moment in his entire life, perhaps in his family's entire life, was blown. I wonder if some of us feel that way too. Like there's a moment that's blown. And then on top of that, sometimes we carry that because Zechariah carried it for nine months. But there's good news because God is a God of second chances. And when this child is born from Elizabeth and Zechariah, the word spread. And the people in the town came and said to Elizabeth, Tell us his name. What are you going to name him? And she said, his name is John. And they didn't believe her. They said, no, 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 no. You can't name him John. There's no one in your family line whose name is John. He's supposed to be named after one of your kinsmen. So they bypassed her. And they went to Zechariah. And when they asked him, he motioned for a tablet. And he starts off when we look at verse 63. And here's what we see. He, Zechariah, asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they were all amazed. Immediately, Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue released and he spoke, blessing God. 
all of their neighbors were filled with fear and throughout the entire hill country of Judea, all of these things were talked about. All who heard these things kept them in their hearts, saying, what then will this child be? For the Lord's hand was indeed with him. What then shall this child be? Every one of us who has a child, we all experience the same euphoria. Because we look at that child, we hold that child in our hands and in our arms, and we imagine what they will become. Maybe a famous doctor or lawyer. Maybe a president. Maybe they'll cure an incurable disease. Maybe they'll bring world peace. Every child represents all that we want it to be and more. And my first thought for you is this. We always wonder what our children will be. Whenever a child is born, the entire family rejoices because we see in that child all that we did not accomplish. And the hope of what they could accomplish. For Zachariah, this child represented far more than he could have imagined in his younger years. And when this child comes, he realizes this child is meant to change not just his family, but every family. All of Israel would be blessed by him and ultimately all of the world. But there's more for Zechariah than just that. Because Zechariah, when the angel Gabriel gave him this news, his mind must have gone back through the scriptures because the angel Gabriel had told him his son would walk in Elijah's shoes, Elijah being the greatest prophet in all of Israel's history. In all of the Old Testament, there were two names that stood out more than any other, Moses and Elijah. And his child would be linked to Elijah because there's a simple passage in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, in chapter 4 and verse 5, that talks about Elijah would come before the day of the Lord and he would return the hearts of children to their fathers. That was his son. His son carried with him the hope of Israel. And when we think about that, 
I wonder, do you realize this? Children are God's gift to every generation. Children are God's gift to every generation. Because it's a reminder that we will carry on. There's someone to carry on our name, someone to carry on our character, someone to tell our story after we're gone. Our children represent us. And all that is futuristic for our families. And that's why they're so precious. You see, in Israel, when a child was born, the thought was of the Messiah who would be coming. That child represented the hope of Israel to be freed from the power of her enemies. And so this child was this close to being the Messiah. The miracle that Zechariah almost missed and almost didn't pay attention to. But nine months later, he gets it. Because Elizabeth and Mary had already understood months ago. When Elizabeth became pregnant, she blessed the name of the Lord. And then when Gabriel came to Mary and gave her the news, as we learned last week, she too blessed the Lord. Both were humbled Yet in the midst of that humility, they were able to speak forth great praise to God. They were able to speak, but the priest, Zechariah, could say nothing. Isn't it ironic that in the midst of his greatness in his role, he needed to be abased. And when God did that, and when he was finally able to speak, he understood who God was even more. Maybe he thought he knew, but now, nine months later, he did know the value of this son who he didn't even think was possible to have. And to be honest with you, this year for a number of us here has been difficult because there are those among us who have tried to have children and those of us who have had difficulty in pregnancies. But God always offers us hope in the midst of difficulty. And one of the ministries that has been serving Manhattan for now 35 years 
It's Life Choice Ministries. Life Choice offers everything from counseling and prenatal care all the way up to grief classes and parenting classes, all for free. Because they, like we at Westview, love the sanctity of life and value it deeply. You'll hear a little more about life choice a little later on, but they help to heal some of the hurts that we've been through. I invite you to take a brochure at our Welcome Center after service and explore all that they have been doing for 35 years. Dr. Mallory and his family and partners formed that great ministry to remind us of the hope that every child brings and to offer an alternative. And in the midst of that, when we look at our children, our value for them has to be greater than the value we place on ourselves. Even in a time when people talk about their right. But I would offer this to you, that every child is God's right to bless a next generation. Because that's why God gives us children. In the midst of all that we face, our children are a reminder that God has something greater for us all. And each generation that comes forth is reminded of that greatness that each child carries within them and shares with us in their laughter, even their tears. Those are the things we hold in our hearts. And Zechariah now has something to hold in his heart. For when he looks over at his newborn son, his tongue is loosened and he is able to speak. And these are the words that he speaks starting in verse 67 where it says his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying blessed be the Lord the God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who had been from of old. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy towards us, our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies should serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. 
Notice the succession of Zechariah's song and prophecy. He starts off blessing the Lord, thanking the Lord for keeping his oath. And then he mentions David. And from David, he mentions the prophets who declared this day would come. And then he mentions Abraham, saying that God kept the promise that he made to Abraham, his father. But these words are not about John. These words are about John's cousin, Jesus. Because when you look at how it is laid out, the horn of salvation, one who would deliver us from our enemies, one who would cause us to worship God all of our days without fear, but in peace. He's speaking of the Prince of Peace because when he brings in David, David being Israel's greatest and most beloved king. For Jesus is the King of Kings, the son of David, heir to David's throne. And then he brings in the prophets. Jesus is the son of man, the greatest prophet. And then Abraham, a Lord among the Israelite people. But Jesus is the Lord of lords. King, prophet, Lord. And in the midst of that, he's also priest. And Zechariah, before he even recognizes the wonder of his own son, recognizes the bigger picture. And he blesses the name of the Lord because of what God was going to do with John's cousin. Now Zechariah had his priorities straight. And he understood what the purpose of his son was. It was to prepare the way of the one whose sandals John was unworthy to loosen. And with all of that, Zechariah realizes something greater than him, something that would live beyond him, had taken place. Because children are actually God's peace to every generation. Children are a reminder that there is joy in the midst of everything we face. The travail of giving birth and the wonder 
that takes place afterwards when you see that child for the first time. There's something fantastic about looking in a newborn's eyes and realizing one greater than yourself caused this to be. It may have come from you, but not because of you. It is because God wants each and every one of us to know how much he loves us by giving us the breath of life in a child to remember how much we have to look forward to beyond what we see now. Because the peace that every child brings is the remembrance of the prince of peace. Our children remind us of Jesus and the wonder that comes not only with this season, but with all of eternity, which he has prepared for us to share with him. And every newborn child represents not just life, not just new life, but eternal life. And in the midst of that, you may think that, well, those miracles took place 2,000 years ago. But I can assure you that the same God who did those miracles for Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph 2,000 years ago still does them today. And if you don't believe me, you're looking at one. Because I was not supposed to be here much like Stevie Wonder. I was blind as a newborn, much like Stevie Wonder. Doctors told my parents I wouldn't live to be two. I'm 58. And the doctors who gave me that prognosis, they are dead and I'm still here. <laughs> this is a time of service where we respond. We've been here for a number of moments praising God and we've been worshiping, we've been in his word together and before we leave, there's, so we don't fill our heads up with stuff. We actually have a change of heart and move out into the world and share about this joy and peace, especially this week. This week is the biggest week outside of Easter of our Christian calendar year. And so before I go into offering time or where we go to God as one and, and offer back to him our best response today, I want to cover a little bit with you. This is a really big week. And so one thing I want to cover with you is, is our Christmas services this coming weekend. So first off, uh, we made this announcement a little earlier, is Christmas Eve will be here at 4 and 5.30. Christmas Eve, say that with me, 4 and 5.30. So come to either one of those services here. They will be live streamed also. Uh, so we come here and worship, and then, but Christmas Day, it's a unique year where Christmas Day falls on Sunday. We announced last week we will not be coming here on Christmas Day for this very reason is we're asking you to take the church 
Instead of us coming here, so many people on Christmas Day, right after the Christmas Eve message, we're asking you to take Christmas Day worship to your homes. And so how we're doing that is there's a packet that you will receive when you leave today. These will be at the doors. We asked for one family. I wrote my notes all over it, so I didn't miss anything today. But there's a packet here for you to go because we want 400 points of light in our world on Christmas Day. We want Jesus to be worshipped in every home instead of coming here. And so this is how we're going to do this. In this kit, there are four things. That it is our role to equip the saints to do the work and to be the light. So this is what's inside this kit. We'd ask you to consider this in your Christmas Day celebration. First thing in here is a Christmas Day table prayer. This is a, a really well-written prayer that worships Jesus at the Christmas table before we all sit down to eat a feast of blessing for the whole year. You can rewrite this or do whatever you want with it, but if you do not have this tradition at your home of worshiping Jesus on his birthday, consider doing this Christmas table day prayer. The second thing we have in here is a candle. There's actually a candle on here and a card. We're asking you, would you consider baking a cake and actually celebrating Jesus' birthday? And we give you one candle just to help. We were going to give you a cake kit, but that was a little bit crazy. So we're going to be a candle here. There's also a reading from Matthew. And so we can read, that, read from Matthew and, and, celebrate and celebrate his birthday in our homes. The third thing that's in here is this nativity set. So if you don't have a nativity set, what I'd ask is take this and actually have your kids color it on Christmas Eve and cut each one out. This is every character from the nativity set. And then you can set up the stable and you can read through Luke chapter 1 and 2 like we've been doing the last few weeks. Luke chapter 1 and 2 and have your children or have your family bring each part of the nativity scene together and celebrate the story together. You can do that any time of the day. And the fourth thing that's in this packet is a family devotional. This works really well before you open presents. This works really good, well during the dinner. This works really good on Christmas Eve night or before you go to bed on Christmas Day night. And so all these are designed for the family. All these are designed to worship Jesus and make sure we don't miss that point. So we'd much rather have 400 points of light out on Christmas morning than come in here with just a few. And so let me encourage you to worship Jesus. Now, you may be running Christmas services or Christmas celebration in your own home. We're going to ask you to be bold. And if you don't have a tradition like this, please consider it. Second, you may be traveling to a family's event or a friend's event. Can I ask you, it's the first two words of our vision, be bold. And would you ask them, could I say the prayer at the dinner table? Could we do this nativity thing with the kids? It's fun. Be bold and ask, can I, can I introduce this at our family event? And I'm going to ask you to even be bolder. Why do we do all this? Why would we rather be 400 points of light than coming here? You guys know and I know. There's people in our family who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we want you to bring the joy of this day to them. I'm going to ask you to be bold and share with those people in your family who don't know the love of Christ on this very special day. I'm always going to, we're also asking you as a church to even be bolder. Would you invite your neighbor over to your table who doesn't know Jesus and celebrate the greatest day of the year outside of Easter with them? It's all in this kit. We have just equipped the saints to be the light. And you're going to see on, on Christmas morning, even though we're not gathering here, at 9 a.m., there will be a broadcast, an inspirational moment just together where you'll see what God's doing through us all around the world. 
and even here. So you can jump onto our website or on our Facebook Live page at 9 a.m. If you miss that, it's recorded on our YouTube channel too, so you can watch it at any time of the day and share it with your family. Just an inspirational message of us celebrating Christmas together. If you are online with us in this kit, uh, you can come by and pick it up at the church this week. Um, but if you don't have that ability to do that, it is actually tagged on our website and tagged on our Facebook Live page. This whole kit is printable right at home so nobody would miss out there. Whew. You ready for that? It's okay to cheer. And as we uh, get ready to go into offering, just a reminder our guests, we would love you to fill out this Connect card and go out to our Welcome Center or drop it off in these boxes. Your gift, your tithes, your offerings today fuel the mission of our church every day. So we encourage you to give and give generously as God gives to us. Also, on next Christmas Eve, uh, we've talked about Life Choice Ministries a couple of times. We will have our regular offering that will happen during the services on Christmas Eve. We also ask, would you consider a special gift, as we do every year, for Life Choice Ministries that you can give that evening to? All right, now that we're equipped, let's go in prayer and give God our best offering that we have. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for Zachariah's story and his song. Thank you that in his little son, not only the whole generation was affected, but he paved the way for the Savior, and he was the first light we see in the story. The first one out there boldly introducing people to the Savior of the world. Father, I pray this is a very special week. It's going to be a crazy week probably for a lot of people. But Father, that we have 400 lights moving out of this place. Let us come together and worship well together on Christmas Eve and let us the church everywhere on Christmas morning. And Father, examine our hearts of what we offer to you today, a change in our life. But let us respond to your word in a meaningful way and let us be bold. Be a bold church out there. So many people need this light that is in us. And so lift up your church. Let's go out and be brave in this world. And we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.